Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today's guest is one of Ireland's most popular actors and TV presenters, currently presenting the Weekend AM TV show. One of his many successful acting roles, though, is also enjoying a rerun with Bachelor's Walk being reshown 20 years later. It's a pleasure to welcome Simon Delaney. And Simon, I have to say, in our house, we're all loving Bachelor's Walk all over again. How, have you watched oh the God. reruns? Do you know, I have, Des, and it's, it's kind of bizarre... Uh, it's bizarre watching it for a few reasons um, but the main reason I'm finding it bizarre is that my 13 year old is sitting beside me going what are you doing now with that and are you smoking again in that scene it's very very weird um, but it's it's so enjoyable just having that trip down memory lane and actually looking at Dublin back 20 years ago yeah like every exterior shot, all you can see is cranes, you know, when the boom was happening. And, yeah. and we're smoking every scene, and we're smoking indoors. We commented on that, all right, yeah, yeah. It was considered Mad, normal at the time. It was Exactly. Was was that a pivotal show for you? Oh, 100% is, yeah. I mean, I owe my career to it, you know. There's no doubt about it. That's that's what launched me as an actor. Um, and it gave me the confidence to, to you know, push on. And, and I'm still doing it now 20 years later, but... I mean, I was involved in the pilot for Bachelor's Walk, which was shot about a year before the series went to air. And it was a kind of different kind of show. There was three men and three women in the house. There was more of a kind of a friend's feel about it. And when RT saw the pilot, they loved the storylines, but they just wanted to focus on the boys. So luckily enough, it went to a series. And it was only ever written as one series, one standalone series. Um, and then it was so popular and so so well received critically as well which was great your first musical choice your dad features strongly and and he clearly was a big influence on you too yeah huge he was in the show bands uh, back in the 60s 70s and 80s and he played clarinet and he played saxophone and he was the lead vocalist in a band called the rebel show band and they like dozens of other bands you know toured the country um week after week they all had nine to five jobs tests my dad was a printer working in smurfits at the time and They'd finish work, they'd knock off work early on a Friday and then they'd jump in the car and they'd had, had, they would have residences then in various pubs, clubs and hotels around the country Friday, Saturday and Sunday night and they'd do that and then come back to work on the Monday. But he, yeah, hard, he was a huge influence. Hard graft though that, isn't it, Simon? Ah, incredible, incredible. But it's like anything, Des, if you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life and these lads loved it, you know, and the stories that my dad... <laughs> used to tell about life on the road and you know three car loads of fellas and a band equipment and drum kits and all yeah. wedged into the cars <laughs> touring the highways and byways back in the days when there weren't even decent roads and mm. uh, there were great stories and i lost my dad when i was only 26 you know he was a huge influence on me and, and particularly in terms of my musical choices um we were surrounded by uh, the crooners you know in the house uh, he was a big fan of dino frank sinatra all the big hitters of the day and that seeped into my psyche it's it's music that i still love to this day and i remember i remember god be good to him jerry ryan i remember driving to work i was actually driving to work in rt i used to do a radio soap written by lee dunn called convenience corner mm. and we used to go out every friday morning and record 
the following week's five episodes. And I remember driving into work, listening to Jerry, nine o'clock, and uh, he announced that Sinatra had died. And I remember driving through the East Link, and I pulled in, and I was roaring and crying. Um, it had a huge impact on me. And he played uh, My Way, and I was in bits. And I remember then, a couple of years later, when my own dad passed away, and a good friend of mine, Eddie, who was a great singer, said, uh, would you like me to sing a song at your dad's funeral? And I said, absolutely. And I said, what are you thinking? And he said, we'll go with The Summer Wind uh, by Sinatra. So that was sung at my dad's funeral. And it's a song that I'd always loved, but now it, it has that special extra meaning for me. I can understand why. Um, and your dad, did he ever get to meet any of his musical heroes? You know, this is the thing. <laughs> this became my dad's pub story. Apparently legend went amongst him and the other band members that they played a gig one night with Frank Sinatra himself. Now, the story goes that they were in New York. Uh, they'd been invited over to New York to do a six-week residency in a place called Hayes Hotel in Manhattan, which is no longer there, unfortunately. And legend has it that one night Sinatra came in and gigs, played a gig with, band, with my dad's band. Now, whether it's true or not, uh, it doesn't matter because it's a great story. Me, me, my dad used to tell the story, and every time he told it, the audience at the gig got bigger. You know, there was a hundred there. There was two hundred there that night. There was three hundred, you know. And I used to remind him of this fact, and he'd say to me, "Mitch, I tell you so." And he says, "It's closer to Sinatra than you'll ever get." And he was right. But uh, there's the, some of the band members are still alive. Uh, Peter Brady, who was the band manager and the band leader, his daughter Deirdre actually played the RT Constructor for years. And I met Peter recently at a gig I was doing at the National Concert Hall with the RT Orchestra. And we spoke about that night and I said, did it happen? He said, well, you know, it happened. <laughs> he didn't say yes or no. So I'm clinging on to it as that he did, you know. So it's a gorgeous story. And look, Sinatra and my dad were both heroes to me. Yeah. And uh, that, that song is, is particularly significant now. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's The Summer Wind by Frank Sinatra, the choice of today's guest, actor and TV presenter Simon Delaney. Uh, you, your story about your dad playing with Sinatra reminds me I was doing MC in the Burlington one night at a, a film premiere uh, Gangs in New York and Daniel Day-Lewis had been was driving it all for, for a charity and yeah. I was MC but there was money being raised in the auction anyway and someone could get a photograph taken with DiCaprio was, was there Leonardo DiCaprio mm. and Daniel Day-Lewis mm. and I was auctioning it and Bono and The Edge were there and Bono sent up word that him and the edge would serenade during the photograph thing being taken. <laughs> but when they came up on stage anyway, and the, the, it was just, a, you know, an ordinary band there for the dancing afterwards. And the drummer, I was standing beside the drummer, and he's going, can you imagine me going home at two o'clock and waking the wife to tell her I'm playing with, you know, <laughs> the bottom of the, so I can understand how that would mean so much uh, to, yeah. to somebody. And that story, that drummer story will be passed down through generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody would believe the, the drummer. <laughs> correct, <laughs> correct. Yeah. So, your dad, the um, did, was he was a youngish man, I'd imagine, was he? he was yeah, he was only he was only sixty nine when he passed away. Actually, out playing golf up an RD golf club, bent down to Marcus Ball on the seventeenth green and um, and dropped dead. And I remember, it's amazing how, how I'm laughing here because comedy comes from tragedy. I remember being driven up to RD that night up to the hospital nearby to to identify the body, and and I met the two men who he was playing with that day. Two two elders that he played golf with all the years, you know, yeah. and uh, there wasn't a word said. As you might imagine, it was a very somber occasion. And we were driving back down the car with the two elders. Liam Tallon was his name, and the, an hour of silence, and then Liam said, 
do you know what though, Simon? It didn't really matter. I said, why? He said he was putting for a six. And <laughs> 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 laughter just broke out in the car and there were snots and tears. And I thought, Jesus, that's great. He'd scratch the hole anyway, so it didn't matter. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. That's a real Dublin humour. <laughs> Isn't it just? Yeah, yeah. And do you always want to be an actor when you were a young fellow? No, no, I had no ambition or growth towards it at all. I, I remember being surrounded by it uh, when I was a young kid. I remember when my mom passed away. Now my mom passed away when I was only nineteen, so we were very young when we lost both of them, you know. But I remember after my mom's funeral back in the house, there were lots of family and friends there, obviously. But one particular cousin, who a lot of your listeners would know, Niall Boogie, one of the finest actors to come out of this country, um, he was there, and I remember Niall regaling us with stories and putting on voices and singing a song and doing yarns and, and I just thought this guy is incredible. Then Niall went on to have an incredible career. Uh, it started in, Richard, in King David with Richard Gere and went on to win the Laurence Olivier Award in London. And I'd always been aware of him and aware of what he did and his his side of the family were very showbiz and I, I suppose we were as well because of my dad but I never had any growth towards doing it Des until I was about 21 22 and i just happened to to get an opportunity to join a local musical society um, and it was more as a social outlet really and i did that and then i just fell in love with it i did musicals uh, plays pantos and it was the best training that i could have received because you learn by doing in in sure. the societies in these amateur groups because not only are you on stage but you're building the set, you're painting the set, you're fixing the lights, you're photocopying posters, you're out trying to get props, you're trying to find costumes, you're trying to sell tickets. Some shows you were working front of house, another show you were working as part of the crew, another show you were playing the leads. So yeah. it was a real grounding and a real, a real, I don't know, depth of training that I got from it. And then I just kept doing more shows and then I was asked to guest with different societies around Dublin. So then I was going to do more amateur musical theatre than I was work at one point and uh, I got a chance to do a short film when I was about 26 and I did it with Niall Boogie and another actor called Ben Palmer and a, an agent saw me in the film and said look do you want to give this go for this a go for a year and I thought well why not I was 26 I thought if I if, I, if it goes belly up I just go back and get a job and and uh, I signed with that agent and uh, she's now one of my best friends. I've been with her for 20 years and uh, we're still working. Because I always, it, it is such a tough business to be in. There's so many easier ways yeah. to make a living, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, being a heart surgeon would be one, I'd imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very, very precarious uh, way to make a living. And I'll tell you what it is, Des, the highs are very high, but the lows are very low, you know. And I think if you come to the realisation that there are going to be more lows than highs, when you go into the business you know that's it'll set you straight for the course it, it's it's a tough tough way to make a living and that's also why you have to diversify you know I, I very soon realized that i wasn't going to be able to survive just on theater earnings because if i was i'd be living under a bridge somewhere you know mm -hmm. so you have to write you have to do voiceovers you have to direct you do television theater film uh profit share shows you know you've got to be able to do a myriad of things it's a huge skill set um, and that's something that has stood to me to this very day you know i'm branching out and doing different things all the time it's self-created the work i think that's what you have to realize when you become an actor you know but you, you're you're mentally strong enough to be able to live with that and not worry about what's going to happen next month or next no year. i think i look i've always been a 
a very positive person in terms of you know the glass half full like something like rejection is a huge part of my business but i was a sales rep for 10 years there so i was hearing the word no 15 20 times a day so when i became an actor and started getting no's at auditions it didn't take any effect on me you just got back in the bike and went to the next one and i thought right i'll get the next one i'll go for the next one it is tough it does take its toll i do remember uh, being flown out to la to screen test for a, a drama series that abc were making and i got myself down to the last two and had signed a contract for a seven-year TV deal with astronomical uh, figures. Uh, and the contract, of course, meant nothing because I hadn't got the job, but they had, you have to sign it before you went into this final screen test. And I didn't get the job. And I remember flying home from America, and I was, I was in bits, you know, because it was the first time I was coming home to Lisa and the kids to say, no, I didn't get it. Um, but you just have to get back on the bike and then tr go again. That's uh, perseverance and patience. That's, that's, that's what you need in buckets. And Lisa needs that too. So she should be dipped and bronzed <laughs> and, and made a saint to the woman, you know. I mean, right? yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's always your other half, your partner, you know, that has to bear the brunt of the ups and the downs, you know. Yeah. And, and it's great. And sharing in the joys and going to opening nights and going to movie premieres, they're all fantastic. But when I get the phone call from my agent in New York saying you didn't get that, you know, and I'm like a bull then for two days, it's, yeah. it's Lisa and the kids who have to bear the brunt of it. Sure. And, you know, but that's that's what we are. She, You know, I'm going out with Lisa 22, 23 years now. She knows me since my amateur musical theatre days, so she's gone on the journey with me. Good for her. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, delighted. And there are so many highs as well. One of them being yeah. one of your musical theatre choices. Well, I was thinking about, you know, the the choices of music and I had to put something from a musical in there and the greatest musical ever written in my opinion is West Side Story it's based on the greatest love story ever told Romeo and Juliet and the score from that uh, musical is phenomenal there isn't a bad song a bad number on it uh, and it's also a show that I've been lucky enough to direct a couple of times in my amateur musical theatre days um, and it was a show that Myself and Lisa were both involved and she was in the show and I was directing it. It's a show, you know, music does, as you well know, should, good music should move you. And also, I think the same applies to theatre. If you go, have a good theatrical experience, it should move you. So if you combine both music and theatre, I think if you're at the right musical and you're in the right frame of mind, it can take you anywhere. And this musical in particular... There's joy in there, there's a love story, but there's tragedy, obviously, at the end. But there's also great hope. And one number in particular displays uh, hope from the stage, which is a piece of music called Somewhere, which tells us that, you know, whoever we are, whatever we are, there is a place for us somewhere out there. Um, and it just takes me elsewhere when I hear this piece of music. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's somewhere from West Side Story, the choice of today's guest, <coughs> actor and TV presenter Simon Delaney. When you speak of directing, it sounds like you have a passion for directing as well, Simon. Yeah, I, I do. It's something that I've been doing for 15 or so years now. I've, you know, again, on the amateur scene, you know, as well as being an actor on the amateur scene, as a director, you do tend to get more opportunities to do you know, when you're an actor in musical theatre, in amateur musical theatre, you get to play roles that you probably won't have a, an artist's roar a chance of playing as a professional actor, but also you get a chance to direct. And I, I, I came to find that from very early on, I loved directing, I loved, I loved shaping things, I loved creating things. Um, and when you're directing a musical in particular, there's an awful lot on your plate because you've got 
the music obviously you've got the choreography you've got the the acting but also you've got to design the look of the show the feel of the show the tone there's an awful lot that falls on your shoulders and i love that and i love working with actors i love working with creative people i love working with creative lighting designers set designers and, and collectively coming up with the decision so yeah and it's something that i've carried on doing to this day i mean i've directed the panto in the olympia theater for the last five years i've directed panto in the uk um which has been incredible um, in these three and a half thousand seat venues in the uk amazing uh, it's something that i love doing and hopefully i get to do more of it in the future your third musical choice is also stage related mm. tell us about this stones in his pockets. yeah so stones in his pockets was the show that i made my uh, west end debut in um i suppose it's over 10 years ago now but uh, stones in his pockets for those who don't know is a two-man show uh, in which the two actors play i think it's 32 characters between the two of them there's no set there's no costumes just two actors working their asses off for two and a half hours uh, and it's it's set in a small rural village in kerry and it's about the effect that there's a big hollywood movie being shot in the village and it's the effect that this big hollywood machine landing in this village has on the locals and the surrounding areas so within the play we got to we got to play the locals we got to play the stars of the movies we got to play men women children american irish english it's an incredible piece for an actor to perform and the movie that was being shot in the play was along the lines of the quiet man a big epic costume drama set in ireland and the music the soundtrack from the quiet man was used in the play before it during it and after the play and i came across this piece of music recently on spotify i think it was i was driving somewhere and i nearly put the car in a ditch because when i heard this piece of music it just instantly transported me back to the wings in the new ambassadors theater in london and i remember I remember sitting in the wings on opening night and bear in mind now my mother and father had never seen me do anything on stage and here i was in the west end which is you know to take a sporting parlance as the premier league of, yeah. of theater and here i was sitting in the wings at quarter past seven in the west end about to make my debut and uh, this music was playing and i was in ribbons i wanted to go home i thought i don't belong here i'm not a trained actor this is not for me and um, but i just touched the back wall of the theater and i just asked my mom and dad to be with me that night and uh, i went on and of course once you set foot on the stage doctor theater takes care of the nerves and the adrenaline and it was it was triumphant i ended up doing uh, nearly a thousand performances of the play i toured the play around ireland the uk i directed the german uh, premiere of stones in his pockets or steiner in der Taschen, as they say <laughs> in germany and uh, but that music that music that soundtrack from the quiet man is utterly utterly haunting and i know that there are actors out there who've done stones in his pockets we were the ninth cast to play it in london and i know that if any of them are listening now and they hear this piece of music they'll be back on stage yeah. in stones and and simon i saw it it was brilliant but i'm surprised on one level that it traveled so well internationally mm. yeah it did i mean it it, it it actually still to this day des would you believe it's the se it's the second longest running play in west end history behind the mousetrap which has been there for 56 57 years it ran for over four and a half years in london it also ran did a six-month run in new york on broadway and it's been performed all over the world as i say i directed it in germany in german would you believe 
and I don't have a word of German, so that was that went well. <laughs> it's a play that's been performed in every every parish hall in across the, across the world. It's it's a universal story though, because of course, again, like everything, there's comedy in there, but there's a very very tragic story that yeah. runs through the play, and uh, it's a gorgeous piece to play as an actor. All right, well look, it's a it's a lovely way to play out. Simon, thank you. We could talk for hours. I've really enjoyed the chat. Thanks. I know. Thanks very much. Well, listen, let them go off and do what they want. We'll keep talking, Des. <laughs> we haven't even got to football yet. Simon Delaney, thanks a million for joining us. Really appreciate it. We're going to play out with the love theme from The Quiet Man. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.